Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life with a focus on holistic and natural healing. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Thank you for joining us. Now let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Before we start our show today, I just want to remind everyone that on Monday, November 1st at 6.30 p.m., we are doing an in-person seminar on insulin resistance that will be held at Great River Family Chiropractic in Moline. We would love to see you there. There's going to be a ton of value. If you um, got a lot out of last week's podcast, you are going to get even more actionable items um, and just takeaways from this seminar. We really encourage you to spread the word, bring your friends, your loved ones, anyone who might benefit from this topic, which we think is truly a lot of people. And so um, let's hop right into today's episode. I am going to turn it over to Dr. Alex to tell you what we are talking about today. Yeah, thanks, Paige. You did a good job with that intro. (laughs) Out of breath. (laughs) Yeah, we just finished a CrossFit workout, so catching our breath a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, so today what I wanted to do, um, last week, I think, as we talked about insulin resistance, and we say last week, but I guess people could be listening to this like three years down the road. That's true, yeah. In our last show, we talked about insulin resistance. Um, Just kind of triggered my mind to think about, okay, what are the the big things that people deal with um, that I'm really seeing with almost everybody that I work with. And insulin resistance would be one of those things. The other thing is inflammation. Um, so that's what I wanted to, to talk about today. And then maybe just start like a little series on inflammation. Okay. Kind of discussing what it is, what how it's related to other th- other things that, that come at us. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Inflammation really, and I've since I've got into kind of the health field, so the past 12 years or so, People have been saying for at least 12 years and probably even longer than that, that inflammation is at the root of every chronic disease that's out there. Okay. So you think about heart disease, cancers, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all of those things, even things like chronic depression, you know, those type of things. That's all can be traced back to just the inflammatory process that happens in our body. Wow. Okay. It's a huge deal. So this could really help a lot of people if they can start to make some lifestyle changes for this. So why don't you just start by telling us what exactly are you talking about when you say inflammation? Yeah, that's a a great place to start because a lot of people, again, talk about inflammation. They even, I hear people all the time say, I just feel inflamed, you know, so they kind of know somewhat what it is. But what I wanted to do is just kind of briefly explain kind of what's happening with the inflammatory process and maybe get a little bit too geeky, get a little bit too scientific, but I think it's I helpful think our for listeners, people to... listeners, if they're listening to this podcast, they appreciate that on sure, some level. Sure, <laughs> So first, just let's just start off with there's um, inflammation happens inside the body. So just to stay in alignment with the principle that we've tried to teach, the body always wants to be healthy. The body wants to maintain homeostasis. Another way of saying it is the body does the right thing at the right time all the time. So inflammation can't be a bad thing, right? If the body's doing it, then it's necessary to happen. So that's the first thing to understand about inflammation is that the body goes through this inflammatory process because it's necessary, right? It's It's always trying trying to to, heal. It's trying to adapt to the environment that it's in, right? So if you're putting it in an environment that the inflammatory process is required, then that's why 
inflammation is, is happening. But you can think of it as there's two types. So there's acute inflammation and then there's more chronic inflammation. The acute inflammation is you think you get um, stung by a bee or something, right? It gets red, it swells up a little bit. That's acute inflammation. You roll your ankle, the ankle swells up, right? That's acute inflammation. I think even though, you know, with the, <laughs> this is kind of an aside, but I always come up with episodes that we're going to do things on. <laughs> I have a list going. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if we get into this because this isn't a huge deal, but uh, my kids play a lot of sports. So I'm always at their games. You know, a kid gets hit. He's trying to catch a fly ball and he misses and it hits him in the head. Or again, he rolls his ankle playing football or basketball. Well, maybe you would know this. I know you don't have kids that are in sports, but you probably were around sports when you were younger. What's the first thing that probably all coaches and all, all parents ice it? Ice it yeah. Right. The exact opposite of what you should do. Really? Again, back to the inflammatory process. It's happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. What do people think ice does? Cools it down. Brings down, down inflammation, right? right? So if the, if the body's trying to inflame the area for healing to happen, to respond to the environment, why would we want to add something else to that environment that the body now has to adapt to, right? Wow, interesting. But they actually even know through research that it doesn't bring down inflammation. It stops the inflammatory process from continuing it numbs the area, but it actually then when what's the body waiting for is for you to get rid of the ice so that now it can do the job that it's supposed to do. That's crazy. So you're really prolonging the healing and potentially even causing more damage. So if you have kids out there, don't ice, don't ice stuff. <laughs> Back on track. So the acute inflammatory process happens. Um, and then to just kind of walk through that process in the tissue. So think of it like a, a three layered thing here. You have one layer that's part of your um, venous system. So they're called the venules or small little veins. In that vein are immune system cells. They're always looking for a job to do. So they're just going throughout your bloodstream, throughout your venules. And then the tissue is the second layer. That's any tissue that we have, right? So think about the ankle thing that you, you rupture muscle tissue. That's the tissue. And then below that is your lymph tissue. So those are the three layers, venules, tissue, and then lymph system. What happens with inflammation is you, if you damage that tissue, then there's cells inside that tissue that will send off signals. It's actually pretty crazy what happens. They send off these signals to the venule, and that invites those immune system cells into the tissue. So they're called neutrophils. It's a type of white blood cell. You can test it on, if you've ever had like a CBC done, you can look at what are your neutrophils at. They come inside the tissue, and they surround that damaged tissue that's in there. So they surround it, and then that particular cell then sends off more signals to the venule to bring in other immune system cells. These are called macrophages or, or monocytes, something else that you can measure on the blood test. And then they engulf that particular cell, and then that cell is supposed to be eliminated through your lymph tissue. So That's back to cool the kind process. of, it's a very yeah. cool process. And back to the, the aside that I went on with ice, you damage, the immune system comes in to surround that, and then it's supposed to send off those signals to the, to the monocytes or to the macrophages to surround that and eliminate it through your lymph tissue. If you ice it, that stops that process. So now, now you won't get those cells to your lymph tissue to get out of your body, right? So that's one of the, another reason why you, you shouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Because if those cells that are um, surrounded that d- never get the macrophage, never get to that kind of step two of the process, they can only survive for so long. And I forget how long it is. It's like four to eight hours or something like that. If they don't get engulfed and eliminated, then what they do is they start sending off signals for more of those neutrophils to come in. 
And if more neutrophils come in, then now you need even more cells that need surrounded and eliminated. So this is how... You're just prolonging the process. Yeah, and this is how acute inflammation then turns into chronic inflammation. Okay. So if you think of the two, again, I'm getting probably too scientific here, but if you think of the two immune system cells, the neutrophils and then what are called monocytes, if they're not in balance, neutrophils come in, call out to monocytes, they come in, surround it, and eliminate it. If you have too many neutrophils, not enough monocytes, then you're just kind of in this vicious cycle of the inflammatory process. Okay. More and more inflammation starts to happen. Mm -hmm. So that's with anything. That's with, again, if you, if you damage tissue because you, you rolled your ankle, you tore ligaments, those type of things, or if an infection happens, let's say some sort of bacteria gets inside you and creates damage to the tissue, the same inflammatory process is going to happen. If you eat some sort of a food that causes damage to your tissue, the inflammatory process is going to happen. So that what I just explained, again, I, I try to keep it as simple as possible, but that's what happens with the inflammatory process. If it stays acute, if those immune system cells stay in balance, we're good. That's the natural process that's supposed to happen. You allow healing to happen in the body. Healing takes time. But if it becomes acute to then chronic, then that's when bigger health issues can start to happen. Okay. So what are some of the causes of like the longer term inflammation, the chronic inflammation? Yeah, so I, I think that would be good because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, to keep it simple, back to the stressors thing that we talked about, right? So there's physical stressors, chemical stressors, emotional stressors. All of those things lead to this inflammatory process. Why? Because they all can damage, damage tissue. But so maybe the series that I'm kind of thinking of in my head of on inflammation, we'll just hit each one of them, right? We'll, we'll hit how, we'll how foods related to inflammation, we'll hit on how um, toxins are related to inflammation, we'll hit on all of, all of those different things. What I want to talk about today maybe is stress. Okay. But I forgot something on that first stage because mm -hmm. this is, I think, helpful for people because what I've seen with people when I'm working with them, the two big things that they take for like supplement vitamin yeah. help as they take vitamin D and they take omegas. And I would say, absolutely, you mm -hmm. should do that. Why? Because vitamin D is so important. Really, almost every cell in our body has a receptor for vitamin D, meaning every cell needs vitamin D, and we're pretty deficient in it. Just where we live in the Midwest, um, it's already getting cold, sun's going down, yeah. vitamin D is not going to be um, as highly available. And then omega-3s, because of our diet, standard American diet, it's very high in, an, in another essential fatty acid called omega-6. Mm -hmm. So you get out of balance, and, and that can lead to inflammation. But that, that second um, piece of that inflammatory process where the neutrophils surround the damaged tissue and then call out for those monocytes, mm -hmm. that requires essential fatty acids. So that it requires something called EPA and DHA, which are omega-3 fatty acids. So if you don't have omega-3 fatty acids then you can't send out those signals to call for that other part of your immune system. Okay. And you'll just stay in that chronic inflammatory state. Mm. So that's kind of how omega-3s, if you've ever heard they're anti-inflammatory, are yep. related to this inflammatory process. Okay. So think about that. We eat a diet that's very deficient in omega-3 fatty acids, and then we do things that inflame ourselves all the time. We're just creating just this inflammatory, mm -hmm. inflammatory process you yeah. know, to be ongoing. What are some of the symptoms that someone would have that tells them that they have like chronic inflammation? Yep. So that depends where the chronic inflammation is at. I mean, it could be systemic. It could be throughout the entire body. Some of them might be silent. So if there's, if there's uh, inflammation in your arteries, you know, people's arteries can be chronically inflamed for a really long time and they don't really have any sort of symptoms. 
if there it's a res respiratory thing that might be difficulty breathing um, if it's a joint thing of course they're going to have joint pain joint stiffness if there's brain inflammation that's things like anxiety depression migraines you know mood mood issues all of those things can can happen skin inflammation that's eczemas and psoriasis and all that stuff gum inflammation you know you can you can see that typically yeah. um, and then gut inflammation which is probably the biggest one um, that's going to be any sort of digestive issue is going to be inflammatory okay. yeah. got it yep mm -hmm. yeah so then back to your other question i yeah. keep going on these asides it's okay stress and yeah. inflammation and this is uh, this is something i've just recently been studying more and more um because I've, I've always known, and I think people know, that stress has something to do with your health, right? If I'm under a lot of stress, I just don't feel good. You know, I might have, again, mood issues. I, I might just feel kind of chronically sick all the time. But more than likely, it's because of this inflammatory process. And stress, just like other kind of stressors that we're going to talk about, toxins in life, um, create this vicious cycle, meaning stress leads to inflammation, and then the, when you're inflamed, it leads to the stress response happening in the body. Mm, yeah, so it's kind of yeah. a cycle. Absolutely. And it's a vicious cycle, and, and it's tough to get out of. Right. But back to being scientific a little bit. What happens is when we, uh, when we encounter some sort of a stressor, there's something in your brain that's always detecting that. And that part of your brain is called the hypothalamus. It sends a hormone to another part of your brain called the pituitary gland. And then the pituitary gland sends a message to whatever organ it connects with. So the pituitary gland connects with ovarian, um, the ovaries, it connects with the gonads and males, it connects with your adrenal glands, it connects with your thyroid. Those are kind of the three big ones. So it's always communicating with those organs. Well, in this case, your adrenals are what um, kind of house your stress hormones. So mainly cortisol is the big one that probably everybody knows about. So you encounter some sort of stress, that process happens in the brain. The pituitary gland sends a message to your adrenals that says make, make cortisol. So that's kind of one arm of this thing happening. On the other side, your brain is communicating with the rest of your nervous system, and it turns on something called your sympathetic nervous system, which is, think, that's the gas pedal. That, that's the whole fight or flight thing. Your nervous system's ready to run away or it's ready to fight, fight back, right? I think we've talked a little bit about sympathetic nervous system in the past. Yeah. So you have two things going on. The sympathetic nervous system is talking to your immune system, and it's going to be pro-inflammatory. Why? Because it's getting ready if you have some sort of an injury to create inflammation so that you can heal again and get out of that environment. Well, the other arm, when it produces cortisol, is anti-inflammatory. This is probably easy for people to understand because if people are chronically inflamed, they get cortisone shots. Well, cortisone okay. shots are actually cortisol mm -hmm. coming exogenously coming from the outside inside of your body. So mm -hmm. it's really anti-inflammatory, right? So you have this pro-inflammatory arm of this process happening. And you have this anti-inflammatory arm of this process happening. And that's how you want it. That's a balance, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to create enough inflammation to be prepared or to heal. But if you get out of balance, then that's when this chronic inflammatory process starts to happen. How does that happen? Well, you're always going to get the sympathetic part of your nervous system. That's never going to stop. But if you're un exposed to chronic stress, and we're just talking about emotional stress right now, if you're in a stressful environment, back to the other episode of a stressful job or stressful relationship, or obviously maybe just lost a loved one, those type of things, mm -hmm. you're creating this cortisol but eventually the immune system gets resistant to that cortisol, similar to the whole insulin resistant thing we talked about. 
immune system cells have the receptors for cortisol, but your immune system will get resistant to that cortisol coming in. And if that happens, now you've just lost the anti-inflammatory piece of how stress is related to inflammation. So you create this, what it's called an inflammatory cytokine. It's just inflammatory molecule that happens in your body. And it's now, it's just getting poured out. It's getting released because the sympathetic nervous system is turning it on, turning it on, turning it on. And you don't have that brake pedal. You don't have that that ability to stop it. Mm. Now you're just in this chronic inflammatory state, which like we talked about, is just going to create more stress. And then the body brain tries to say, okay, I have more stress. I'm going to create more cortisol. So you're constantly creating cortisol but the immune system can't do anything with it because it's resistant to that cortisol. Now Sounds you're in a miserable. vicious cycle. Yeah. 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 When I learned this stuff, I'm like, how in the world are people still alive? Right. <laughs> and there's probably so many people who are walking around with this that probably don't even realize it, you know? Yeah. So then like we, you, the question that you just asked is how does this relate to symptoms? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody can be in this chronic state and they have all of this inflammation in the brain. Because typically when you have body inflammation, eventually it's going to get to your brain and create brain inflammation. And then that's anxiety, that's depression, that's okay. migraines. That yeah. can lead to Alzheimer's type stuff. But with a typical medical system, they aren't relating it to inflammation. It's just what is your symptom? So let's you know again give you an antidepressant. Let's give you some sort of anti-anxiety medication. Let's give you migraine medication. And it's all addressing these symptoms while this vicious cycle is continuing to happen in your body. Wow. So ignoring the underlying cause, which is always going to lead to more symptoms, and then that's how more and more medications start to happen. Yep, and just treating the symptom, and then there's other side effects and all the the things. Yeah, so when you think about what a functional model, how we would do that, is we would want to identify the underlying cause. What is your stressor, right? Is it the relationships that you're in? Is it the work environment? What is it? And it could be stuff in the past that maybe you've stuffed and didn't know that you've stuffed, right? It's just creating this low-level inflammation all the time. So that can get complicated, but you at least want to try to identify it. But then the whole relieving suffering thing, if you're in this stressful cycle, we would want to say, okay, what are some things that can just at least bring down the inflammation in your body while you're trying to figure out how to get rid of the stressor? Mm -hmm. And if we can eliminate the body always wanting to produce cortisol, then the immune system can catch back up and, and stop being resistant to that cortisol because now it has enough time to allow for more cortisol to, to come into it. So that's when things like people probably heard of turmeric or curcumin being anti-inflammatory, resveratrol being anti-inflammatory. We talked about this a, a couple episodes ago, I think. The omega-3s, this is where vitamin D, vitamin A, all of these things can come in and stop that inflammatory process from happening that immune s- or that sympathetic nervous system turning on inflammation, that pro-inflammatory state, those things can come and kind of quiet that until you can get out of this stressful environment. Right. And while the, the person is taking those things, hopefully they would be working with someone to get those, you know, emotional stressors brought up to the surface and dealt yep. with. And yep. Because kind of otherwise you're just, you're just trying, trying to play catch up, right? You're, you're going to minimize it with a lateral shift from a medication but it's still, you're still in that cycle because mm-hmm. you're not actually breaking it with the stress that's coming at the body. Okay. Yep. So what are some tips for people who are dealing with this? How can they start, you know, if they're not going to come and see you for yeah. a consultation, what yeah. are some things that they can start doing? Yeah. Well, so if we're talking about s- this specific state of just the stress, um, trying to figure out, okay, can I get out of this environment? But if maybe it's a place where you can't, right? Maybe it's, um, I'm just thinking of, of 
some people that I've dealt with, if they have, uh, maybe their kid is dealing with something, right? Maybe their kid's having issues at school. Maybe he, his, the child has some sort of a mental um, thing going on. And if obviously they can't re- eliminate the relationship with their, with their child, right? So that's just something that they're always going to be in. If that's the case, then you're going to have to counteract it with, I say being proactive, but you are reactive to, you are reacting to the stress that you're in. So this would be making sure that there's times of joy. There's times of, so things you're enjoying, there's times of peace, right? There's quiet time. Um, like meditation, like we talked about. Yeah. Head just space. quiet headspace yeah. app, just quiet times, getting out in nature. If you like to bike, go bike. If you like to swim, go swim. Mm-hmm. The funny movie thing, all right. of that stuff. Um, gratitude is a huge one. So if you could just spend some time in a journal thinking about, okay, I do have this stressful thing going on, but what are some things that, that God has given me that I am thankful for? You know, that all that stuff is kind of pushing back this kind of negative feedback loop, mm-hmm. right? That's happening in your body. It's not going to be the complete answer because that stressor is always coming at you, right? But it still can kind of minimize some of these things. And then the infl- anti-inflammatory stuff that I talked about, taking curcumin, taking tum- or taking uh, resveratrol, omega-3s, those type of things. But then also avoiding, this is a huge one, if you're going to have this kind of one major stressor in your life, then try to eliminate all the other things that are inflammatory, right? So make sure that your diet isn't inflammatory. Make sure you're moving every day so th- because being sedentary is inflammatory. Making sure that you're, you're avoiding toxins, right? Making lateral shifts with your personal care products, with your cleaning products, all of those things. That's all. Always gets back to living the right lifestyle. The lifestyle, right? yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's amazing how much that the eating and the movement and all of that can impact. Yep. All right. Well, thank you yeah. for that. I'm looking forward to this series. So there's going to be more podcasts about inflammation. So today we talk specifically about stress, but what are we going to talk about in the future episodes? Yeah. So I think the next one I'll probably get into is infections. So like when pathogens come at you, because it's a huge, when we're we're recording these, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, right? Where the virus is trying to kill everybody. We're going to talk about how that sort of process works um, because there can be acute infections. Like if you were to, you know, get exposed to the coronavirus, um, or there can be chronic infections, like maybe yeast has overgrown or, or some sort of a bacteria is still inside you or things like herpes. Those are long-term um, viral infections. All of that stuff we'll kind of talk about, those type of things, because that's a big deal that I see as well. Okay, awesome. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Happy Healthy Strong Podcast. And join our Facebook community, um, the Happy Healthy Strong Podcast community on Facebook. You can feel free to ask any questions that you might want to hear us answer on future podcasts. And we will talk to you next time.